Well, last week I shared with you a story. Um, we had Vision Sunday last week, which is a wonderful day. Some people said it's the best church service that we've ever had at LifeGate. I heard that. I don't know if that was your experience, but it was a wonderful week last week. And we launched our theme of Courageous. And I, and I shared the story of back in 1987, and I was later corrected during the week, that it was actually 1989 that I had my uh, first piano exam. And I went to that exam at the Conservatorium of Music with sweaty palms and shaking hands and increased heart rate and cloudy mind because I was nervous about the thing I was about to do, that, that piano exam. And, and, and the funny thing was is that I'd practiced for months and months and months those, those little pieces of music for months, those scales, I had lessons for like 40 weeks in a row to get me ready for that exam. And even though I was prepared for the exam, I was still really nervous about it. And I think it's true that in our lives, sometimes the things that we are most prepared for, they're the things that we're most nervous about. I'll say that again, that's really important. Some of the things I think that we are most prepared for, they're the things that we can be most nervous about. Let me give you some examples. A driving test. Who went for their peas? Come on, peas, once upon a time, yeah? Now, when my mum, back in the 19th century, um, went for her peas or her earls, there was no like earl plates or pea plates. You just turned up and they just gave you the bit of paper, I think. Is that how it worked? We had earl plates. Oh, there you go. I don't know about that. But, um, but when I went for my peas, I did driving tests and then my mum gave me lessons and then today you have to do like 120 hours of preparation before you get your piece. Who's had to do the 120 hours? Parents put their hand up. Yeah, the parents put their hand up. How bad is that? It's awful, isn't it? And yet, and, and, and as a young person or as an older person, you've done all these hours of preparation, and yet when you go to the exam, you're still feeling nervous. Is this right? Yeah, it's true, isn't it? You're super prepared, and yet you're still nervous. How about giving a speech? giving a speech. Anyone get nervous about giving a speech? Yeah. So you prepare, don't you? You work out what you're speaking about, whether it's a birthday party or someone's wedding or at school or you need, and you prepare. You write the speech out, you write every single word, you put it on palm cards and you're ready to go. And just before you speak, you get these ones and they hold the microphone. People hold the microphone like this. Ever seen them do this before? Yeah? I'm okay. Um, you get nervous even though you're super prepared. And then another one is around examinations, exams. How many people like to study? And who are, the, who are the people in the room who are well prepared for exams? Well prepared people? No one. No one are the well prepared people. Well, at Conwell, I thought I was a well prepared person. So I would study, I would prepare for the exam, and yet you'd still go to the exam, even though you studied for it, you prepared, and sometimes the teacher has told you what's going to be in the exam, and they've actually given you, the, given you the exam before that, and you do the exam, you learn it, and you're ready to go, and yet you're still nervous before the exam. You know, some of the areas where we are most prepared are the areas where, where, where we can be super nervous. And it doesn't matter how prepared we are, how organized we are, how gifted we are, how much experience we've had. Fear can rise up within us when we're about to do something new, about to do something challenging. And it's in those moments where things are challenging, where things are new, that God wants us to step out and be, what's the word? Courageous. Our, our, our key text for this year is from Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, where God speaks to Joshua and he says, Be strong and, what's the word? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. 
for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Has anyone done their courageous thing on their courageous card yet? Last week I asked you to write down on the back of the courageous card the area where you're going to be courageous. Has anyone done the thing they were going to be courageous about? Colin did. Let's dob him in. Colin, are you willing to share it with the church? We'd love you to anyway. Come on, do it anyway. Go. To speak up. And you did that this week. And you did that this week? You were courageous. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Anyone else? Anyone else put the thing on the courageous card and do it this week? It's a... Sorry, Donna? You weren't here last week because you were on holidays in Port Macquarie. How was that? You can have one. They're out in the foyer. We uh, deliberately printed 500 of them because we want people not... So Colin, now that he just ran off, um, now that Colin's done that, we want him to get another one and go, what's another area in my life I can be courageous? Write it down. And Colin, make sure you bring the card back. And Joel is organizing a way for us to hang them up, aren't you, Joel? Because we want to celebrate with people. Now, there you go. Good, good service in this church. Thank Colin. He just gave it a courageous card. <laughs> and not his card. Awesome. Now, we're going to look at this text in more detail this morning and, and what's around this verse. But, but, but what I want to say be, before we go there is that this verse is put, this, this is a, the spoken word of God to Joshua because Joshua was about to do something really, really, really courageous. And then him going into the promised land. And, and what we will find today, and here's the most important bit for today, what we will find is that God prepares us before he sends us. And what we're going to find in this passage and throughout a number of passages is that God prepared Joshua before he sent him into this huge task of going to the promised land, doing the things that God wanted him to do. God had prepared him throughout his life for, for, for that day when God said to him, I want you to be strong and courageous, lead my people into the promised land or across the Jordan River into, the, into more of the promised land that I'm going to give them. God prepares them before he sends them. I remember when um, I was a school teacher and we, we used to do swimming carnivals and, and, and I taught at a school with lots of kids from non-English speaking background. And there was a number of kids in the early 2000s around the Iraq war and Afghanistan and all that stuff. So we had a number of um, kids come from Iraq and Afghanistan into um, Auburn and they jump on a train at Auburn, catch a train to Maryland, get a bus from Maryland to the school. And so we had a whole heap of kids from Iraq and Afghanistan. And then came along the swimming carnival, right? And so the whole school would go to the swimming carnival and these kids who would sit on the side to begin with and they would see these Iraq and kids from Iraq and Afghanistan would, would, would sit in the, in, in the stands and watch these kids from Australia start to swim. And after a few races, these kids from Afghanistan and Iraq go, hmm, that doesn't look too hard. I reckon I can do that. Because in Iraq and Afghanistan, there's no swimming pools, right? And so they would stand on the block, some of these kids, not all of them, some of these kids stand on the block, the gun would go, and they would dive in, and that would be it. They'd just go, blah, 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 blah. Because they weren't prepared for the race. They didn't know how to swim, never seen it before. They thought it, it was pretty easy to do. So we had lots of lifeguards. Yeah, I jumped in a few times to pull kids out because they weren't prepared. And the thing about God, right, God doesn't chuck you in the deep end knowing that you can't swim. 
He'll chuck you in the deep end if he knows you can get yourself out. I'll say that again. God won't chuck you in the deep end if he knows you can't swim. But God will chuck you in the deep end if he knows, if he knows you can get yourself out. Because he wants you to step out. He wants you to be, he wants you to be courageous. I think back to um, my, my journey of becoming a pastor. And I can see strategic moments where God prepared me for what he wanted me to do as a pastor. I think back to high school where I did a number of public speaking competitions and debating. And speaking was obviously part of the pastor gig. So God prepared me. I didn't know it at the time. I had no desire to be a pastor. I ended up being a pastor at the age of 30. I wanted to be a high school music teacher, and I did that for nine years. Another area is me being a teacher. As a teacher, to high school kids, you need to take complex things and communicate them simply. And some of the feedback I get as a pastor and as a communicator is, Nathan... We are like your messages because they're so simple and easy to understand. I'm not complicated. I'm pretty simple, and, and most people can understand what I'm saying. God prepared me in that way. Another way is that I was, a, I was a soccer referee for 11 years. I started refereeing from the age of 16. And as a soccer referee, you cop a lot of abuse. Now, as a church pastor, you know, sometimes you get a little bit of that, and so you learn to get a thick skin. And the other thing about being a soccer referee is that you learn to make decisions quickly which is also necessary in the day-to-day runnings of a church. I went to Bible college for six years because I felt led to go to Bible college, not to become a pastor, just because I thought it would be good for me in, in what I was doing to go to Bible college. And I look back and see how God prepared me over and over again for what I'm doing today. I went to a number of beach missions. I did Share Jesus missions. I've done a heap of stuff about sharing my faith in Jesus, all about getting me ready. And as I look back and as I see how God prepared me, my message for you is this, that God, God is and God will and he has, let's say that again, God has, God is and he will prepare you for the things that he wants you to do. God will prepare you, he has been preparing you and he is preparing you for the things that he wants you to do. God prepares you before he sends you. Do you like that? God prepares you before he sends you. Let's now go to this passage from Joshua chapter 1. It's set about, here's Joshua chapter 1 verse 1 to 3. It's set about 1,500 years before Jesus. Abraham, 2,000 years before Jesus. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, but Joseph's in there. They go to Egypt. They're in Egypt for 400 years. They get it. They, then they have Moses turn up, the deliverer, who goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. God speaks. God does these amazing works. The people are let out. They go down to Mount Sinai. They get the law. They, they cross the Red Sea. They are, go to Mount Sinai. God gives them the law. And then they're on their way up to go to this promised land. They send out the 12 spies. And, the, and all the spies come back and say, this land is brilliant. This land is flowing with milk and honey. It's exactly like God said. It's an incredible place. But there are these big blokes, even bigger than me, unbelievably so. And they got big walls to their cities. And if we go, it means we're going to go to war and it's going to be too bad. And 10 of the blokes said we shouldn't go. And two of the blokes, Joshua and Caleb, Joshua, who we're speaking about today, said, no, we can do it because God is with us. The, the uh, 12 men presented it to the people of Israel. 
The 10 said, it is incredible, but because of all these scary things, we shouldn't go. Joshua and Caleb said, but God is with us. The people said, let's go with fear. Let's choose what the 10 said. And as a result, God said, because, of the, because they, they weren't willing to go, God said, because you're not willing to go, there is going to be punishment on you. You're going to wander the desert for 40 years until everybody over the age of 20 has died out. So what happened was, that's exactly what happened. They wandered the desert for 40 years until everyone over the age of 20 that said no to God died out except for Moses, except for Caleb and Joshua, the oldest guys in the community. And they get to the edge of the promised land. They, when I say the edge, it's not really the edge because God gave them both the eastern side and the western side. I'm just thinking about it. The Jordan River is here. That's west. God had already given some of the eastern side because they went in, in the battle. They, they won some wars. Moses disobeyed God. God says to Moses, you're out. Joshua's in. And Joshua gets to the edge of the Jordan River. And God speaks to him about leading the people across to the western side, into that side of the promised land. That's the context of this passage. Here it is. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you beautiful promises here. Every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will expand from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, and all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. It was a vast, vast land. It was much bigger than from just the Jordan River to the Mediterranean. It went right, it went north, it went south. It was huge. No one will be, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to it. Turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. So, so far, God says, Moses is finished. Joshua, you're the man to lead the people into the promised land. God describes the land. He says, I'm going to be with you. I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. No one's going to stand up against you all the days of your life. He says, meditate on the word of God. And then he says, you're going to be strong. In, he says, you're going to be prosperous and successful. And then he says in verse 9, be strong and courageous for the third time. In verse 6, he says, be strong and courageous. In verse 7, he says, be strong and courageous. And in verse 9, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. In verse 6, in verse 7, and in verse 9, God says, be strong and courageous. Why three times? Why would God tell Joshua three times to be strong and courageous? He said all the other promises once that I'm never going to leave you. He said once to meditate on the word of God day and night. He said once that no one's going to stand up against you all the days of their life. Why three times be strong and courageous? The reason I think three times is because he was freaking out. He was super, super nervous for the thing that God had called him to do. Even though he was prepared, we're going to look at that in a minute, 
He was super, super nervous. Why do I think Joshua was nervous? Here's some thoughts. Why was he anxious? He just became the leader of two million people. It tells us back in Numbers how many men there were. It was about 600,000 men, plus women, plus children. They were going to leave two and a half tribes on the eastern side of the, of the Jordan River, and take, and, but take the fighting men of those tribes across, plus women and children and cattle and all their stuff, to do the thing that God wanted them to do. The second thing, it meant them going to war. It would meant kicking out the Hittites, the Vegemites, the Termites, the Jebi, the, the, all the ites, the people that were living there, the people who were wicked, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the people who were wicked, who were living in that land, and meant going to war against them. No wonder he was nervous. And meant hearing from God for the people. God spoke to him. He passed it on. He had to hear God clearly. And if he got it wrong, man. And finally, it meant going into the unknown. He didn't know exactly what it was going to be like. And he was leading the people. Turn to the person next to you. And why else do you think he was anxious? Come up with a fifth reason. Turn to the person next to you. Why else do you think Joshua was nervous? All righty, he's got an answer for us. Why else do you think Joshua was nervous? Yell it out. Very good. He he might have felt insecure in his abilities. Now, we don't know these. We're speculating. Insecure in his abilities. Feed, you have your hand up? His eyes were, yeah, good. His eyes weren't on God, but rather on the things of the earth. Very good. Someone else? Colin? Did God really say that? Really good. Has anyone felt that before? Yeah, I have. Another reason why he may have felt anxious. What if I fail? Good. What else? What if people don't follow me? Wow. Rick. Trying to fill Moses' shoes. Huge shoes to fill. Yeah. It's in, sorry, Ken? Moses' sandals, not shoes. Very good, Ken. Very funny. You're funny. Holiday's good for you. It's interesting what uh, Catherine said around, are people going to follow? After God speaks to Joshua, these, these first bit, then Joshua goes, hey guys, talks to his people, this is what God has said. And then they say in verse 16, we will follow you, um, Joshua, just like we followed Moses, as only, only if you are strong and courageous. Because they saw that he was freaking out as well. Another reason, last one. Why else may he have been anxious? One more. He's seen, he's seen people punished for what they got wrong. Yeah, and if he gets it wrong, he might have the same. Very good, Shell. There was lots of reasons for Joshua to be anxious. There was lots. Doesn't tell us exactly what it was. There was lots of reasons for him to be anxious. And yet, he was the most prepared for the gig. He was the most prepared out of all the people at the time for the gig. Let me tell you why. God prepared Joshua before he sent him. Let me give you seven reasons. Number one, number one is that Joshua was part of the Exodus, meaning he came out of Egypt. He saw the plagues. He saw the miracles of God. He knew what it meant to be in slavery, and he knew what it meant to be free. He, see, he saw what God had done. He has this incredible story of God rescuing two million people out of Egypt. He's seen a mighty wonder of God. 
He's experienced that, which helped him do what God asked him to do. Two, he was the leader of the tribe of Ephraim. Numbers 13 is where they send out the 12 spies. Now, if you look for the the name Joshua, you're not going to find it. Moses changed Joshua's name later. He was originally called Hoshea, H-O-S-H-E-A, Hoshea, son of Nun. So if you look at Numbers 13, Hoshea was the the leader from Ephraim who was going to be the Ephraim, the tribe of Ephraim's representative to go into the promised land and report back what he saw. He was already a leader, a recognized leader of the people. And that was 40 years earlier. Three, he led the Israelites into battle. Not only was he a leader, not only did he experience, saw God's miracles, he led God's people into battle against the Amalekites in Exodus chapter 17, and they won the battle. He was experienced at war. Four, he knew God. I want to take you to this scripture in Exodus chapter 33, because the very last verse gives us something beautiful. Here it is here. It talks mainly about Moses, and then the very last verse talks about Joshua on the next slide. It says, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to the tent watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance of the tent while the Lord spoke with Moses. Got the picture? He goes in the tent, God's presence comes, and God speaks to Moses like a, like a man speaks with another face to face. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped each of the entrance of their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face, face to face, As one speaks to a friend, then Moses would return to the camp. But his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. I want to suggest that Joshua knew God. He knew who God was like because he heard the encounter between God and Moses. He heard the conversations. He heard God's heart. He knew what God was about, and he knew his presence as he hung out at that tent. Joshua was a guy who knew God. He was prepared because he knew God. Number five, he was Moses' assistant in Exodus chapter 24, verse 17. We're told that Moses took Joshua along. He mentored him. He coached him. He showed him what he was doing. He taught him. He was taught by the, by the leader to be the future leader. He was Moses' assistant. Number six, he was commissioned by Moses. God speaks to him in Numbers. God speaks to, God, God speaks to Moses in Numbers chapter 27. And he says, anoint Joshua for the task of leading the people. Lay hands on him as a sign of the spirit coming, as a spirit anointing to lead the people. He was anointed by Moses. And finally, he was the second oldest bloke there. The only person older than Joshua was Caleb. He's had all this life experience. Seven, in seven reasons why Joshua was ready. Seven examples of how God prepared Joshua for the task he wanted him to do. He didn't just say one day, hi, your name is Joshua, you're going to lead the people, and he had no relationship with God, he had no experience. He, no, no, he had all this experience. He had learned the lessons. He was ready. God got him ready for what he wanted him to do. And even in that, even in being ready, Joshua was still anxious. He was still nervous about the thing that God wanted him to do. 
And it's true with us. And yet God can get us ready and prepare us and we can look back over our lives of this mission and this thing and this thing that God has done and this breakthrough that we've seen. And God has got us ready for the next thing he, gets, he wants us to do. And instead of us hearing from God about what he wants, an opportunity rises and us going, oh dear, I don't think I can do that. How am I going to do that new thing? How am I going to do that, that, that challenging thing? And us freaking out about it. We forget to look back and say, well, God did it there, and he got me to do it there, and I did this, and I did this as he equipped me. And because he's done that, I can now stand on the past and step into the future because God prepares you before he sends you. Let's, let's get the rubber hitting the road. Let's get really practical about this. And let's talk specifically around examples of how God prepares you before he sends you. And this is where we're going to finish up this morning. Those times when you have prayed and God has answered your prayer. Can you think back to those times in your life where, where you needed God to move in a situation, you committed it to God, and God moved in that situation, friends? That is God getting you ready for the next thing you need to believe God for. There's a situation, there's a relationship, there's a difficulty. And you need God to move in that next situation. And you're nervous about it and anxious about it. Rather than being anxious and nervous about it, you can go, you know what, God? Back then, you did that. Back then, you did that. Back then, you did that. Because you did it, because you did it then, I can believe you now that when I commit this to you, you're going to do it again here. God is preparing you for the next thing because of what he's done in the past. As you look, the second one, as you look back in your life and you can see moments where God has set you free, areas where you've had chains broken, where you've had change, where you've had transformation by the hand of God. God is getting you ready to journey with another person who needs chains broken in their life. When someone comes to you and says, Hey, um, Tony, I'm really struggling in this area. I'm really broken. Can you help me? And it's easy for us to go, wow, that's an opportunity. I, I, I don't know if I can do that. I, and you start to get anxious and nervous about, can I help this person? Well, it's in that moment you can look back and say, well, actually, God set me free there. He, he, he broke that addiction. He changed that mindset. He set me free. Therefore, if God did it for me, he can do it for them. I've got a story to share with them about God's faithfulness. If that person needs help, I can step into it because God has prepared me for, because of what he's done in my life. This making sense? Am I getting any smiles this morning? Everyone's a bit, a few smiles, a bit of encouragement this morning. Thank you for the nods. Third reason, if you're a Christian this morning, you have a testimony of what God has done in your life. The time when, when you met Jesus for the first time and you, can, and you know what it's like now having Jesus in your life. You know what it's like beforehand not having Jesus. And now you know what it's like having him and this, this incredible life that you're now living. Not that it's all perfect, but a life where you have hope, where you can lift your eyes to God and see his promises fulfilled. And when you run into someone who's not yet a believer... And you have an opportunity to talk to them about faith. God has prepared you in giving you what to say. And what you need to say is what's happened in your life 
Say, this is what God did in my life. God has prepared you for that next conversation. Another reason, number four, all those times you've read the Bible and you've memorized his word, where you've been deep in his word, all those times are times of preparation for the next time things are tough and when things are difficult and things aren't going right, you can look back and go, God, these words that you've already spoken is preparation. These promises that are deep in your heart are preparation for you to step out when things are tough, to keep going when things are difficult. God has prepared you for those times by putting his word deep in your heart. Number five, those times when you've been on mission, a beach mission, an overseas mission, running a holiday kids program, being part of a community dinner, the Easter egg hunts, our extravagandas, our Christmas carols, the things that we do as churches, which is around us being missional, us sharing the love of Jesus with the community, when God speaks to you about stepping out, about maybe going to Cambodia this year or next year, or going on a trip to India, or being involved in some outreach, or going to someone's house and giving them a meal. It's easy in those moments to go, Cambodia, I couldn't possibly do that, and get all anxious and nervous about it, or taking a meal to someone in need, or being part of some outreach holiday club. But all those times in the past... Where you've done it, that is preparation that God is putting you for you to step out when the opportunity comes. Is this making sense this morning? How about a time in your past where you were fearful about doing a new thing? A new thing, a difficult thing, a challenging thing. And you went to God and said, God, I need to do this thing. Can you help me? And God met you there. And you celebrate that. Well, friends... That is preparation for you for the next thing, the next new thing, the next challenging thing, the next difficult thing. When the next thing comes up, you can look back and go, you know, God did it there. I got through it there. We we did it there. Therefore, we can do it again. Last one. When that friend you've been praying for comes up to you and says, hey, Melissa, I want to become a Christian now. And Melissa says, about time. (laughs) I'm ready to become a Christian now. And in that moment, you go, uh, now what do I do? <laughs> uh, and you start to go, um, that's great. Um, let me introduce you to the pastor. No. Let me introduce you to, the, to, to, to my life group leader. No. What are you going to do in that moment? Well, friends, if you've been in this, in this church for some time, God has been preparing you at the end of every service. If you're here this morning and you want to commit your life to Jesus, pray this prayer after me. And we all pray together. Let's see if we can do it. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose, rose again. I'm sorry. No one knows this. Oh, my goodness. I do it every week. I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I choose to follow you all the days of my life. I do that every week for people, and a number of people have prayed it over the years and months I've been doing it. But it's also for us as a church to train us, to equip us, so that we've got something to share. So in that moment, when Melissa's friend comes to Melissa and says, I'm ready, Melissa goes, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Pray these words after me. Father in heaven. Because you know it. You've heard it. It's part of who you are. It's preparation. As you look back over your life, friends, God has been preparing you for the next thing he wants you to do. You look back and you can see. If you take some time, if you reflect on this, if you go home this afternoon and you reflect on this, you will see a number of moments 
where God has been preparing you. And we we're talking about this in the prayer meeting that we do at 8.40 before the service. And, and Donna said something really fabulous. She said, sometimes we don't even know that we're in preparation until we're actually stepping into the courageous moment. It's true. I, didn't, had, I, I had no desire to be a pastor. Say that, say that again. Say it again. I said that sometimes we don't even know what God is doing in our lives until we actually have to step out and be courageous. And then we look back and say, oh, God did that, God did that, God, God did that to get me ready. It's good, isn't it, Tone? Yeah, that is good. Thumbs up. I didn't know that. It's really good. What was I going to say? It's as we step out and be courageous. That's right. We can look back and see. I never wanted to be a pastor. I had no intention of being a pastor. I was passionate about doing music and youth group and teaching music in a high school. And then at the age of 29, God said, Nathan, you'll be leading the church next year. Okay, that's what's next. That's what's next. And it's only as I start, what, be obedient, I look back and go, wow, look at the soccer refereeing helped <laughs> and the public speaking helped and the teaching helped and the Bible college. That definitely helped. God was preparing me for what he wanted me to do. And friends, that is a message for you. When God asks you to do something, he has been preparing you for that. He's been getting you ready for the thing that he wants you to do. He doesn't just chuck you in the deep end knowing that you can't swim. He chucks you in knowing you can get yourself out. And in some ways, we're never, ever ready for the things God wants us to do because usually the next thing is a step up. And you're never ready. It's only as you step up, well, then you, be, you, you, you become ready as you do it, you know? And as you do that thing, well, then you're, ne- then you're ready for the next thing because you've got all these foundations in your life. God prepares you before he sends you. Last week we did the, the courageous cards. And if you weren't here last week, grab a card, write down the area where you need to be courageous. Put your mind back to what you wrote on that card. Or if you weren't here, think of something now, an area of your life where you need to be courageous. And think back over your life. Where has God prepared me to do that thing? Where has, he been, where has he prepared me to be courageous? Can you see it? Maybe you, need some, maybe you need some more time. Maybe you need some more prayer, more reflection. But I reckon he's prepared you because he's a wonderful God. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to be influential. And so he prepares us before he sends us. And when you're nervous about stepping out, when you're anxious about doing that new thing, Think back and go, well, God, think back to those times where he got you ready for the thing he's asked you to do. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you this morning for who you are and what you've done. We thank you, God, that you prepare us 
before you send us. You prepared Joshua for the thing you wanted him to do. And God, you also prepare us for what you want us to do. Father, in those, in those areas we need to be courageous. Help us to see your preparation in our lives. That they may encourage us. That, 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 they, that, that may encourage us to be courageous and to know that you are with us and will never leave us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.